0: rahim assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh wa alaykum assalam guys how are you
1: guys doing? what's happening
0: alhamdulillah this is the ramadan special for the safina society podcast
2: Allahumma.
0: so it's been uh, it's been a while we actually tried to record last night and then we were rusty so this is actually our second recording of the ramadan special <laughs> that's because saad wasn't around yesterday
2: we sad was busy uh, celebrating uh, Verizon's new purchase of this glorious company, AOL. But they bought Great that job. like
3: in 2014, so even the news is late. No, they just bought they <laughs> bought they <laughs> bought <laughs> Yahoo. They bought Yahoo. yeah, really like, yeah. Another couple uh, months doesn't ago. Doesn't Yahoo own AOL? Technically, they bought AOL and like you know.
2: Why? There was nothing else to do on that
3: day? It was they, like a Monday like, afternoon? They dusted like old tech companies off the shelf from like the 90s. <laughs> yeah. And they were like, you know, like... Let's, oh, let's, buy, yeah, them let's buy them out. Yeah, buy them out. Yeah, but you know
2: what? That's a CEO has nothing to do. Like, yeah. Don't yeah. you actually have a job to... Who's
1: your CEO? Carly
2: Fiorina? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: what, get- ha- what happens to Marissa Mayer?
3: No. I don't know. She, she she has $125 million severance. Yeah, she's these, they, go, they, they make a ton I of mean, money. I mean, if she gets let go, then...
2: She's taking home 125 100. million, mil. million dollars. No, they, they make a ton of money. All she Yo, did but people was like that make the the homepage of Yahoo. What well, the They call that a golden parachute. Yo, but people <laughs> like that,
3: they're not in it for the money. Clearly, you know what I mean? Like they, like otherwise, they would just take the money and go home and like. what is there, she in rip it for? the rest? I don't she know. Like to glory, fix like elitism, <laughs> whatever it is.
2: <laughs> she wanted leave to your fix mark. Yahoo. Yeah, that was her goal. She wanted to yeah. fix Yahoo. Yeah, it's not still not making any money. <clears throat>
0: Well, they Jeez. bought Flickr. By the way, <laughs> I, I think...
3: Flickr was like a... Oh, no, that was a Tumblr. That was like a they $400, 400 million dollar loss for them. I, I think I think it's... Cause all the social justice warriors on Tumblr. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Wait, well there were social justice... Like, like, that's,
1: that's the home of like... That's the home of like Foxkin and yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um,
2: <laughs> all Miss Marissa Meyer did was make that homepage full of like recent current news. Yeah. Right? That you don't have to go for like, You know what
3: the funny thing is, though... She was at Google before, right? Yeah. And she was the head of the search page, right? So she's the one who fought to keep, like, the Google homepage as simple as possible. Right. Just it's the, the beauty of part. the search That's page. Was, yeah. like Because other people were like, oh, we got to add more stuff. Mm-hmm. Be like, Yahoo. She was like, no, we got to keep it simple. Yeah. And then, like, you know, I she guess. She moved to Yahoo. Yeah, we moved to and Yahoo, Yahoo. We gotta, <laughs> Well, because the thing is,
1: you can't have a Yahoo search page that yeah. just says Yahoo. Because people will be like, I wanted to go to Google anyway. That's <laughs> true. Yeah, exactly. So.
3: Anyways. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right.
1: So, By the way, uh, I just wanted to are, say, Already
3: too many uh, corporate shout-outs in that, in that first two I just
1: minutes, wanted to you know? ch- challenge out <coughs> It's not... It might not only be for the money, but it's definitely also for the money, yeah. man. Because they wouldn't be oh, doing yeah, it for free. Oh, Absolutely. Oh,
3: yeah. Absolutely.
1: In addition, you
0: know. So, uh, before we actually get started with the episode, I want to do our fundraiser ask beforehand. Uh, so, uh, alhamdulillah, it was a great season one. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening in. And for everyone that sent in their comments, appreciation, um, even, you know, uh, criticisms at times, w- good criticisms, you know, Alhamdulillah, may Allah reward you and, you know, keep us in your du'as and, you know, may Allah increase the barakah of the episodes that we do and the knowledge and, and may Allah increase us in knowledge as I mean, well as our listeners. I mean so one thing that we do want to ask for is we're tr- looking to make a few upgrades uh, on our equipment uh I wish I could send a picture And I'm using a bottle cap To hold one of the uh, Mic holders right now So we do have Somewhat of a bootleg setup, And we do want to Inshallah make this podcast. Still sounds good though Sounds, sounds good, good. <laughs> That's that's Does a great job But um, we do want to make It a little bit better Alex need... is
3: taking a picture For us <laughs>
0: <laughs> So uh, we do want to make Our setup a little bit better So we need oh, really? to buy Some software Some mics Some uh, What are these things called? Arms, yeah, we need to buy boom few, arms, whatever we need to buy a boom, a few boom arms, pop filters, some software, and uh, a power supply. So, uh, we're looking for a donation of around fifteen hundred dollars. Uh, you could send that in uh, to podcast at Safina o r g. So, if you can send an email just saying, you know, donation for podcast in the subject line, and we'll send you a link to a PayPal or, or a Venmo account, and you can, you know, donate there. So, it would be You know, highly appreciated and, you know, uh, may Allah give you the barakah of all the listeners that are listening for for all the episodes as well. Um, So, inshallah, that's our ask and um, let's get started. So, bismillah. Mm -hmm. So, this is the Ramadan special episode. So, there's a, a bunch of things that, you know, we've been talking about. There was... A great conversation that uh, Brother Elias and Dr. Shady were having for thirty minutes before we were like actually getting set up, and I'd like to ask uh, Elias to talk about that a little I bit, even it. though it's not <laughs> yeah. even though it's not completely related. But you know, I want to tie it in because it was something really good that I, I think listeners would would enjoy the, the the idea of the concept
1: of evil. Oh, that's a uh, yeah. I thought you were talking about uh, risk, risk risk compensation.
0: No, no, not risk. The idea of evil, right? Um, as you were talking about that uh, As to why evil exists uh, it, was, it was just something that Not people have thought People haven't thought about that idea And I know people question it. It's like oh if, if God is all merciful Then how can evil exist right? mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. not to dive too deep into it But it sure. was just something you I touched mean, on I really enjoyed it
1: I, I think I think the basic core of what we were saying Is that First that people have to understand That there's there's a fundamental difference Between tragedy Which is just an existential reality you know tragic things will happen it's part of life and it has to be and something that has a moral uh implication which is evil right and of course evil will almost always result in some kind of tragic uh outcome but not all tragedy is coming from an evil source or has any moral component at all and the example i i, I was talking about with dr Shetty is you know you have your thompson's gazelle and you're you know you're just quenching your thirst at a watering hole and all of a sudden you're set upon by three lionesses mm-hmm. And that's it. It's tragic for you, right? Yeah, right. And even people, people, human beings watching that might be like, oh, that's so terrible. Yeah, yeah. But it's not evil in any way whatsoever. In fact, it's exactly how it should be. And it's a necessity. Yeah, yeah it's be absolutely necessary. Right. <clears throat> yeah. So it's... Now, when human beings suffer something, especially like the death of a human being, the ultimate tragedy, that, what, it, what we were talking about is that in almost every case, except for, you know, some lady that reaches 123 years old and her body just slows down and she goes to sleep one day and doesn't wake up and most of her close family has already passed on before her and stuff. There's no, there's almost no tragedy in that, but almost every other human death, you can pinpoint the human element in it, right? Whether it's from, uh, preventable diseases, from accidents, from, you know, violence, some country deciding to bomb civilians in a, in a in a city in some other place because they have some kind of strategic goal. All of that has the human element, and uh, what that what that ends up meaning is, you can relate that to the way that, you know, sometimes you hear somebody says like a plane goes down and people go, oh, how can God allow that to happen? Oh, merciful God, or if God existed, even like atheists will say that this is a ridiculous argument. Um, what they're basically saying is. Okay, so somebody didn't do their proper maintenance on the plane or the airline was trying to get too many hours out of that equipment or out of the pilots or whatever human component led to that plane crash, they're going to say, well, if there was a merciful God, he should have intervened and magically saved everybody. Mm -hmm. And not just that time, every single time that anything bad is almost going to happen. So somebody is driving drunk at 100 miles an hour. Well, he should just be able to make it home safe and nothing bad should happen. And across the board like that. And then you start getting into, well, you know, these corporations are poisoning the the environment, but nobody should get cancer. Yeah. Or people are eating themselves to 700 pounds, but they shouldn't have any heart disease or arteriosclerosis or diabetes or any other uh, effect from that. Mm-hmm. And on and on, right? And to the point where what people are really looking for is jannah on earth, where you can do anything. Nobody has an evil intent behind it. And only good things ever happen. And there's never any harm resulting yeah. from it. And it's an immature point of view.
2: And God has never mentioned on the invention of the airplane, right? He's or never any done. of the beneficial yeah. things. Or any beneficial things. the knowledge thing. that caused that. Yeah. And the greatest harm that can occur to any one person or group is the absence of any harm. Right. right. The absence of all harms makes you all so vulnerable. Right. Makes a person so vulnerable to just a touch. And all harms that we experience... Right, continue to improve our conditions, and also the other thing that Alex had mentioned was that in the component of risk, when risk is involved, when we improve our industries, we still cannot change the qadr. right? So <clears throat> parachutes, seat belts, helmets, all these, all these safety precautions have been taken place that uh, should reduce, you know, uh, all these tragic events, right, and all these accidents. Statistically, doesn't.
0: Right, you mentioned like <clears throat> the idea of like the brakes, right? ABS brakes. Yeah, uh, yeah. The brakes might have improved, but now people, people don't. They take break risk until the right. last point, right? And they take greater risks, which causes yeah. greater accidents. And it just goes to show that the qadar is always there, right? Mm-hmm. right? So the number of people that are going to pass away are going to pass away regardless. And I mean, the best
1: the best yeah. application of that of that uh, real- that law is skydiving, right? Because people aren't. Doing riskier, it's already the riskiest thing, right? You're jumping out of a plane, it's already inherently super risky. But as parachute technology has improved, somehow people have found a way to still die at the same rate, yeah. right? They might, I don't know if they're pulling the cord later, if yeah. the new parachutes are faster, so people are trying to do more tricks, right. opening whatever it is. People the, are still dying
2: at the same the, rate. Isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, and this is a, it's the amazing hadith, you know, Hadaru Qadr, right? So caution has no benefit. With Qadr. if something's gonna happen, it's gonna happen no matter how many precautions you took. Right. But at, at <laughs> the same time, the hadith continues. It says, "Illa du'a." Except du'a, and people and and we know this. People actually have to think about this. That you have to take all your precautions. You're obligated to take precautions. You could be, you know, punished for not taking your precautions. But you cannot imagine that the precaution is going to change anything. If anything is going to change anything and decrease the harm, it's a du'a. And the Prophet said an amazing hadith that لَا يَزَالُ دُعَاءُ الْمُؤْمِنِ وَالْقَدْرِ فِي السَّمَاءِ Meaning, it will always be that the dua of a mu'min wrestles the harm that is coming down from the sky upon him until يوم القيامة. Which means that your dua literally, the qadr is coming either way, but your dua literally wrestles with it in the sky so it never touches you on the earth. <coughs> So it's or it's still destined for you. It still came down, but your du'a is actually stopping it until you die. So it never touches you. Or uh, other automat say your du'a breaks it up. So if you have if you have a, a, a portion of disease in your qadr, your du'a will break it up to become ten little sicknesses, or ten you know lesser sicknesses rather than one huge one that kills you, right? right? Or that totally debilitates you. And this is a huge issue when it comes to du'a. Right? Why you never lose by making dua. You don't need to need anything to make dua.
1: Absolutely. And no. I think one of the other things, because Doctor Shadi <clears throat> was mentioning this about certain diseases, people should really study the multiple ways that are related in, in a hadith and in the Quran that people can become shaheed. Mm-hmm. Right. So that when you're th- when you're sad and you're heartbroken about something that's happened, look at I almost guaranteed that there's a that there's Uh, a glad tidying in that thing right Mm. so it's drowning dying of a stomach disease like there's so many of them right all the tragic ways that people go yeah but there's a compensation for that you know the only thing that 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 could blind you from that is if you're not i mean sometimes you know emotionally you're caught up in what just happened but in the long term you should be able to look at it and say you know this is actually a tremendous blessing from allah because it's not like you were going to live forever
2: Mm. and there's uh in the divine names, you have three divine names that are synonymous but have different meanings. You have Al khaliq Al Bari, Al Musawir. Al khaliq it means creator, but it implies creator from nothing, from absolutely nothing. He creates. Al Bari it means creator, but it also implies the en- engineer element of the creation, like the beauty of the engineering of the creation. And then Al Musawir also means creator, but it implies the artistry of the creation. Right. So you look at a cheetah, for example. And the way way it runs, it's like perfectly engineered for this. Right. The way it's there's elasticity in the legs of a cheetah more than a lion, right? And then the artistry is the look of the cheetah, like the the, the spots and whatnot. So when we look at engineers, they must destroy in order to create. You cannot have a property <clears throat> and build a new property except that you have to raise down, right? The other property, you got to destroy it. You have to make those tenants leave which is a horrible thing right it's a horrible thing those tenants now have to go through the hassle of finding a new home and new memories and all that then you destroy you do an act of destruction so then you're going to build something greater no one destroys to build something worse right you destroy a building to build something greater well when we look at destruction Let's see, you look at Islamic history and people have this nostalgia for the past and say, oh, then the World War I came and destroyed the, the World War II, the French and the English destroyed everything. But I look at it as, if Allah Azzawajal says He's al it, if human engineers we destroy in order to re- recreate, you think Allah, are their human engineers smarter than God? Allah Azzawajal only tears down in order to create something greater. However, we are like the ant who sees a, a building being taken down The ant might not live long enough to see the creation of the new building. He doesn't go behind the scenes to see the blueprints of the new building that's coming. Allah and His angels, they know something far greater is coming. And when we all, in our individual lives, see destruction occurring, the greater the destruction, the actual more hope that you should be having. Because when the, the, the destruction is major, like relationships, or jobs, or homes, or moving right that means a, a whole new chapter that you couldn't you can't even imagine right now that new chapter that's coming whereas a minor destruction is a minor you know new thing that's coming so this is how a movement has oh, to look at
1: things you know Sheikh, me having more age than anybody here uh, I can attest to that there's there's been times in my life when things have happened that at the moment, I'm like, oh, this kid, how, could it, how could it even be happening? Yeah. Yeah. And there's definitely no worse thing that could be happening at this moment. And how can this, what am I going to do? And every single time, it's only been for the benefit. It's, yeah. it's I mean, only that, been that, for the benefit. How it works. That's how it- I, I mean, know. it's amazing It's really And it, it's con- the consistency With which that occurs And, yeah.
3: and, and the, the funny thing is You don't get that clarity Until afterwards Of right? course yeah. The clarity comes afterwards When you look back in it. And then we we're talking about Reflection About how important that is and, and that's part of that
1: Yeah, which is why You should have sub This is why Allah commands us to have sub Because with that You'll endure it until you can, Until you understand it yeah. And some of it You won't understand Until the next life Which is fine as long yeah. as you have your man.
2: Yeah. And there's, uh, there's a process. You, you can't... A human being is not like a machine where you can delete a software and put a new one right away. Right. You have to do... De- if, if something gets torn down, there's going to be a waiting period where the air clears out, your heart clears out, your memory yeah. clears out. Like you have to... Your memory has to clear yeah. out. And now you're actually in the mood and you're physically capable and emotionally capable to receive like something new. To, yeah. be, to have more imagination now. And there has to be a void in order for there to be uh, the erection of something new. So all these things, when a mu'min looks at these at evil, and this is probably part of theodicy, is that how do you even define evil when you have this perspective? When I have the perspective that something greater is coming, then I have a net gain. Then is evil really evil? Yes. When I when I lose 50 bucks or 500 bucks. It's
1: evil, but when I'm getting something back of value, I don't view it as evil. I view it as a purchase. That's why yeah. I call it the alleged problem of, of yeah. evil in the in the world. Because yeah. for Muslims, we shouldn't. It shouldn't even be an issue for Absolutely. us. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, wait, just before we get, we move on, just wanted to point, One of the things you said, Doctor Shadi, which is great, is when you gave the example of the ant. I mean, this is this is exactly the example of the human being vis-a-vis ultimate reality, right? Absolutely. So, like, the yeah. smartest. Like, you get a cat, right? Like, we have running around back here somewhere. The smartest cat in the world doesn't even comprehend our language, yeah. let alone have any idea of why we're doing things. Yeah. Yep. You know, sometimes you got to put it in a little box and yeah. take it to a place where they're going to stick it with a, with a, a needle. needle. Yeah. Yeah. But it's only for its benefit. Yeah. And it just has no conception of that. Yeah. All it knows is that it's been traumatized and then it doesn't like the box ever again. Yeah, yeah. Our relationship to that cat is nowhere near the orders of magnitude of difference between mm. what happens in the unseen world and what we are yeah. capable of understanding yeah. with our little brains. Divine knowledge yeah. and our knowledge. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And I think it was Rumi or Saadi or one of them said uh, the human is like uh, an ant walking on a Persian ruck. Right. So he sees a red thread, yep. a green thread, a yellow thread. This makes no sense to him at all. Right. If he was to be elevated and enlarged to see the... And he said on yom al qiyamah wa al Quran says your, your vision will be super clear at this point. Right. You're going to see the entire pattern yep. and realize this thing made so and, much sense.
3: And you see that uh, idea even in like Western philosophy, right? For like Plato's allegory of the cave, right? Of the people that they see the shadows um, on the wall and they think that's their whole world, right? Yeah. But but there's actually people that are standing in front of a light and that's causing the shadows, but yeah. they, they don't know that. You know, it's like it's, it's that worldview that's limited to only what your experience is, yeah.
2: you know? And people who've lived, they realize destruction always has value. When things get destroyed, right? You have to have, you need newness, constant newness in certain things. It's from the sunnah of Allah. Yeah. In certain things, you need stability, right? Like family, the more stable, the better, obviously, right? But uh, every once in a while, you know, other forms of destruction are extremely beneficial to clear out the system. You're clearing out the
0: system. And speaking of clearing out the system and. the idea of uh, net gain, right? So so what, something interesting that happened as we were coming over, I was driving, so Dakshadi Dr. <clears throat> and I came together, and as we're driving over, uh, he said he has to drop off his kids, and when he came out, he's, he gave me the directions, and he has a flip phone, right? So uh, I was like, <laughs> and I sat there, and I'm like, you know, how do you get anywhere? Yeah. Yeah. And he, w- he was like, oh, I, I Google the directions in my house before I go out. I was like, isn't right. that extremely, yeah. uh, like... Uh, inefficient, and, yeah. and so he's like, "Yeah, but he's like the net gain that yeah. I gain from not using a smartphone." He's like, oh, all, yeah. "It's all about the yeah. net gain." Yeah. So as we're coming over, we're talking back about...
3: to like printing out MapQuest. Uh... Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so as we're
0: coming over, you know, we're talking about net gain in general, and he's like, "You know, Ramadan is the same way, right? Uh, that even though at times it feels like okay, I'm taking time out to." Now, you know, go to the masajid more, I'm not able to focus at work as much, I'm not able to meet with people as much, I'm not able to, to to be as 100% efficient in the things that I need to do throughout my day. But in the long run, the the idea of Ramadan isn't just your, it's a loss, right? It's actually a net gain in the long run. Even even if, it while you're in it, it feels like inefficiency, even yeah. though Ramadan is in no way inefficiency, right? Uh, but that's that's something that,
3: that that I found
2: really interesting. Yeah, let's right? say you looked at so, Go ahead. so
3: I'm wondering about that. Like, you know, the do people say that? Like, have you heard? Like I haven't, heard, do people say, oh, no, I they just like think about it because yeah. they know that they're Muslims and yeah, they're going to get hit. Yeah. They can't say <laughs> they that. Say
2: something yeah. nobody like that. Sa- well, obviously right? nobody says that, right? Repeat. But it's yeah. like,
0: it's, it, it, and it's unconsciously yeah. in the back of people's minds. It's like, and no, nobody wants to feel that way, right. but it's like, okay, Ramadan yeah. from uh, if, if an objective person were to look at it, right. an objective non-Muslim, yeah. they would think yeah. it's like, oh, you have to go to the masjid at night. Yeah. You have to take like, you know, three, four hours of your day. You have to wake up at 3 a.m. Right. Like you're not able to eat. You can't drink coffee. You can't drink. Drink. Like from an outsider's perspective, it is inefficient, yeah. right? Uh, like if or you were just in, it's inconvenient in, in that way from a dunyawi perspective, right? But we don't see it that way. There's more baraka in our yeah. day. There's there
3: there
2: intangible
0: benefits. There's well, intangible here, yeah. benefits, and in the long run, there's net gain as well.
2: Yeah, and here's how there's net gain because in, in this month, right? Alex just spoke about, and he said the causes of human you know suffering, evil, yeah. and, tra- and suffering. It all It's all go back to greed, the stuff that you said. Yeah. It's all greed, all worldliness, it. and competition, right? Yeah. So what Ramadan does is it takes an entire nation of people, the entire Ummah, and it depletes a little bit their faculty that harbors greed. It depletes it, your ego, your worldliness, by showing you and giving you something called Ahwal, spiritual states. So anyone in Ramadan, at some point, you're going to feel a little bit more spiritual than in other times. What you're doing is the faculty that makes humans greedy has now, some light has been shed on it. And after several Ramadans, and also as an Ummah doing Ramadans, there should be a noticeable decrease at the individual and collective level of people's faculty for greed. and through an increase in their spiritual state. So, ahwal is something that means your spiritual state by more fasting, more ibadah, less food, less talking, less worldliness, less work, right? So, you're, you, you start to enjoy something that is unseen. And therefore, your greed for worldly stuff decreases. Right. Mm. And if we all have a little less worldly desire, right? then we can, we can control our competition and our productivity to be for the good. You're not going to eliminate competition and desire and ambition. We, we shouldn't, but we have to be able to control it so that we don't destroy one another. Our competition should not be destructive towards one another. And the way we do that is by learning how to control it, by knowing that we are not dependent upon material gain for our happiness. We now have a spiritual avenue for our happiness, and this is this is where there's a net gain, but you can't see the net gain. That's the thing. Allah is wiser than us; He knows better than us, right? You're not going to wake up on the first of uh, on the day of Eid and realize, oh wow, there's like I'm less greedy today, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just doesn't work that. It's yeah.
1: so slow; you won't see it. You well, know? so here's an interesting thing. Um, this might sound right. I don't think that <clears throat> fasting on Ramadan should affect your productivity, like in in the dunya sense. At all, it shouldn't. Yeah, right. And if it does, and uh, I was looking up some stats, <clears throat> the there was an article in Arab News from some Jordanian economist that gave no provided no like. Stats of why he said said that productivity goes down thirty five to fifty percent, right? This mm. <laughs> is ridiculous, but whatever, maybe based on one measure. So <laughs> some 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 economists from the U K actually measured it, right? Oh. And this U K is a place where the fasting is longer than in Jordan. It's like especially a, they were doing this a couple of years ago, so it's like twenty hours or something. They found a net decline in productivity among Muslim workers of about two point five percent. No, now, now here's around.
2: something though. Here's a question though:
1: Do they separate between People who have jobs and people who are self-employed because there's a big difference, it's a huge difference, right? Yeah. I, I, I don't know what I don't know what uh, what factors they, they they accounted for, but even if we concede the 2.5 percent decrease in productivity, I guarantee you it's not religiously based. It's because people are Lazy. having big iftar's mm. and they're they're leaving work early because they want to, and mm-hmm. it's it's things that are not required of you as a, as a fasting Muslim. Yeah. So I I dispute the concept the even even the idea that Ramadan should in any way Close slow an down your yeah. especially when you look at the history of of the prophet and the sahaba who accomplished tremendous things in Ramadan they had in yeah, Ramadan absolutely. they had they had big battles, big battles <laughs> yeah, right yeah. so and, which they won so whatever uh, this, people who think that they should just <laughs> you know what Strengthen yourself a little bit. Get 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 your himmah up. Yeah. Uh. You know your 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 That's drive good. for 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 attaining Allah's pleasure, and you know cut out the other things. Four hours in the masjid, good. That's four hours of TV that you were probably not yeah. that you're not going to be able to watch now. You avoid looking at things you shouldn't have been looking at, and you get some time in the masjid.
2: And uh, I remember when I was working in New York, it was one of the first times Ramadan came in smack in the summer, yeah. right? And I'm commuting to New York this type of commute you go down take the train first you gotta drive to the station Yeah, you gotta park you gotta walk over you're already sweating you haven't even started your commute you then take the transit down miserable ride no air condition uh, you get into the Penn Station no, you gotta take condition. the S train there's air conditioning no no I didn't feel it though I couldn't feel I'll tell you that's how miserable uh, we uh, were we like get some dude at is the end like the India the train. some dude to, at the end of the train like pushing that lever to make the train go <laughs> you get to Penn Station you gotta take yeah. the S to get to the other side you take another train yeah. you're walking right your collar is black by the time you get to, to work right yeah. And you're miserable, right? And you you justify now, you know, spending a lot of money on drinks and stuff like that. Ramadan came, and I'm thinking to myself, if, I, if I, how am I going to do this? And if I get if I miss a day of suhoor, I'm going to be shot, right? Yeah. Because the amount of water you lose sweating, getting to work before you even start working. So on the first night of Ramadan, I overslept my tar- my suhoor, right? So. But I did it right, and then I was like, I didn't worry after that because you just what you were oh, afraid of yeah. happened, right? Yeah, that was actually I never skipped a beat. That that Ramadan, I, my work never skipped a beat. I'll tell you when it did skip a beat is when you're sort of self-employed and you're saying to yourself, well, you got to think, you got to be creative, you got to write. And when you're writing, the best friend of a writer is like snacks, right? You need to you need to drink, you need to have a little sugar. You don't know, have sugar. That's where it becomes very easy because there's no one breathing down your neck. There are no colleagues looking at you, right? It becomes very easy to say, "No, heck with this, I'll do it later. But
0: that right. has nothing to do with Ramadan. That's just your own laziness. <laughs> right? like I, for, for people... That's <laughs> <laughs> really. just your own laziness. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, guys. There you go. Yeah. That has sure. nothing uh, to do with Ramadan. Yeah, for people sure in that scenario, by yeah, the way, person. for
1: people in that scenario that have like self-employed and they they have to do their own work and they can schedule it whenever they want, Ramadan is a, Ramadan is a tremendous opportunity, right? You get up for sahur. And by the way, you drink a bunch of coffee And eat something that's going to maintain you A lot of protein And then go to Masjid Pray Sobh For everybody else yeah, And uh, okay. come Not home and, and do, do a <laughs> bunch of work Right? Get your stuff done And when you, when you peter out Take your mid-morning sunnah nap Get up in the day You know, walk out and look at the flowers or something Wait for Maghrib Eat, pray. And actually, believe it or
2: not, what it's I've, a productive day. What I found is, uh, exercise is actually very important. I'm not saying heavy duty, yeah, but exercise is extremely important in the month of Ramadan because yeah. once your body just just becomes like a lump, your metabolism slows. Oh, down, it's a right? disaster, and then also you start. When's
3: the best time? That,
2: I take I go after Asr, right? Yeah, that like one hour or two before Maghrib. I take yeah. a long walk, right? And to me, I find that's critical. Mm.
0: You know. What about people that don't exercise anyway?
2: Well, they should start. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. You, I mean, uh, just that to that take
2: a, a walk, just is that people like a proxy for you? For <laughs> because, because people think yeah. they have this imagination that yeah. uh, you should you should save your energy. Yeah, no, you got you got to save your energy. It actually works the opposite. When I was working yeah. in New York, I was moving around, buzzing around. I got better as the month progressed yeah, actually, because your body got.
3: Well, I I noticed that even outside of Ramadan, like. Uh, ever since I drive to work, I don't walk as much. When I when I was working in the city, I used to walk four miles a day, right at minimum. Yeah. And and now I drive to work, not as much walking. You actually you feel more sluggish, you feel more tired, you feel more drained yeah. than when you're actually active, which yeah. would, no, which is the opposite of what you would think, right? And you your embedded
2: gets affected. Tired. Yeah, your absolutely. worship gets affected. You know,
1: going back to the human the human influence And in, in, in uh, disease and ultimately death sedentary lifestyle is one of the Whoa, biggest killers it's, yeah. it's, a, it's so bad for you like you have to keep it moving
2: you and really even do. even artificial exercise has been proven help. not the same at all it doesn't help. as natural chores yeah, yeah. well Be-
3: that even even scientifically they say that now that if you live a sedentary life meaning like you're at an office desk 8 hours a day yeah. even exercising you know, in the in the other in the other time is not going to offset the damage that sitting down did in that eight hours. And, so. and also
2: something bizarre that when you actually have to do a chore, for example, like back in the day, you had to actually walk somewhere to pick something up. That's that's not a a road that's made. It's like a natural road, right? Yeah. When you walk on a treadmill or run, you're walking on a perfectly smooth surface. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's completely different. And when you walk on an uneven surface, there are so many actual benefits to your joints. When you walk on an uneven surface
3: because you have to stabilize yourself yeah
2: like your joints moving your joints is getting you know but when you're only on a treadmill or an artificial surface like these tracks that are like like almost like rubbery yeah your joints actually don't benefit as much and that's why they people say that walking on uneven surfaces like rocks is actually very beneficial for your ankles Mm. really yeah even though you could because you could sprain your ankle if you're not careful you should be running on that kind of surface by being careful you're actually moving muscles that you wouldn't naturally move Mm. stuff like that interesting
1: yeah so that's the answer to your question don't Uh (laughs) don't don't not exercise you have to just get moving and you know that uh, our abada
2: seems sedentary but actually you actually need to work out if someone plans to have the energy to sit for abada or do abada for periods of time because even I looked at if you look at chess players, they have to exercise
3: hmm.
2: like they have to work out because they're sitting there thinking for five hours. Right. Now, ibadah is similar. You're sitting there thinking or you're, you're using your another faculty and you're sitting. You actually need to be physically fit to do ibadah. Even right?
0: if you if you do like even if you're standing in Tarawih, right? You're standing like, in Tarawih. Yeah.
2: All this stuff, physical fitness is actually quite necessary for ibadah because what is this whole month? I mean, you're not just fasting, and that's it. You need to add the component of of putting up a notch, or a bed. And right? for all
1: you office job people like me, mm-hmm. um, be creative, right? You don't have to sit at your desk for eight hours. I don't. Yeah. Well, you stand. So what I do is, if I have to do something on the computer where I'm typing on a keyboard, I, there's almost no choice, right? Because it, I'd have to like I'd be hurting my back. Yeah. But I try to keep that to a minimum, and if I'm listening to messages making phone calls returning calls Welcome. i i stand up and do it because i have an office phone, so i am I'm, I'm tied to the cord Corded. but i stand up and do it and i, I just i do all my phone calls in a, in a while i'm standing yeah and if there's something that i have to communicate to somebody that's in my building i almost never use email i walk mm-hmm. i go up to their office if they're across the if they're across the building or if they're upstairs or whatever i'll take the elevator if they're five flights up because i'm that i'm not in that kind yeah. of shape but I just go and actually commit. And by the way, even the speaking to people face to face is a really good thing, oh, right? Yeah. And it helps that- your day instead of staring at. The- I try to stare at that screen as little as possible
2: while yeah. I'm at work. What I what I realize is that, um, fifty text messages, could relay like a two minute phone call, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And then, a face to face conversation is like a thirty minute phone call. Mm-hmm. Like three minutes face to face is worth. Th- so that's another one that's it's an immediate loss, but it's a net gain. So the amount of uh, it's much faster to send someone one text. Right. But the whole conversation is going to take you 20 minutes. It could have been a three minute call. Right. And likewise with the the smartphone, as many things as a smartphone makes efficient, like unbelievably efficient, it creates ten times more uh, distractions or a hundred times more distractions that people could get into. So that's what um, Moine was talking about, about like this technology and Short-term losses, but net long-term net gains. Net. And by the way,
1: whenever possible, if it's something simple, I I'll go to somebody else's cube or office that it's just sitting at the computer, like almost everybody in that building does at all, like for the whole eight hours. And I'll go, hey, do you have uh, this window? Can you can you look this up for me real quick, or could mm. you just? text send an email to so-and-so to say this so i don't have to even go back to my desk and sit down and do it i try to stay out of away from my desk as much as possible people to do your work i got you uh, (laughs) that's also a strategy but like (laughs) things that i have to actually write write, right there's no choice i have to do it but when i whenever it can be avoided i avoid it like i get an email sometimes from a judge i'll be like i I just look at my i talk to my office mates and i go i'm running upstairs i'll be back in an hour or something because i gotta go see the judge and nobody's gonna complain that i'm talking to the judge yeah that's true and speaking of, we got it, we have Maghrib is right around the corner, yeah. or it's in
2: already, but uh, it's a few minutes out still. Yeah, it's out still. Uh, a okay. few minutes. So, I mean, the greatest efficiency for a mu'min is to have a good relationship with Allah. Absolutely. And Ramadan, we're talking, we're here, we're talking about efficiencies. The greatest efficiency is to be close to Allah. One man said, "What is the best way to take care of kids? To guarantee what you can't guarantee anything, right? But what is if there is a guarantee in child rearing?" the shaykh said to him Taqwa Allah have taqwa because yeah. if Allah loves you he doesn't want to see you sad he mm-hmm. will take care of this situation if you have a shortcoming right and Allah says Allah, la wa lahum those people who are awliya of Allah they should never be you don't worry about them don't fear for them right and they will not be sad so you never have to worry about wali of Allah that's one thing so if you want to take if you have kids you're worried about you got spouses you're worried about teach them how to have taqwa you'll never have to worry about them again because Allah's on their side. And you yourself, for their sake, you have taqwa. If Allah if you're near to Allah جل, he won't want to uh see you sad because of their sins, and that's why people get forgiven. Right? People get forgiven because they are on good terms with someone or someone loves them who is close to Allah Azza Allah will forgive them and overlook their sin just for right. the sake of that one wali. And and all of us Muslims are in that situation relative to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Prophet loves his Ummah. Bil Ra'ufur Raheem. Prophet loves his Ummah so much that just for the sake of the Prophet وسلم, there's going to come a day when there's no Mu'min from the Ummah Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam who is still in hell. They'll all be out. Just for, to, for the sake of the Prophet وسلم, except the Al-Munafiq Al-Khulas, pure hypocrite, mm-hmm. who actually never believed in the first place. For them, the, the book is upon them, right? Yeah, I mean, The book has already sealed their fate. But the sinners of the Ummah will all be out of hellfire eventually, one day. right? So this is, when we're talking about efficiencies, Ramadan is a time to really maximize that nearness to Allah, and nearness to Allah is going to happen by efforts. There's needs, efforts are involved. Yeah. Efforts of worship, like worship is not just something that comes easy. It takes effort, right? You. I always watch these workout videos because when I whenever I feel bad about the scale my, I, I, look, I look up workout videos. I wish I lost weight Instead by watching the videos, videos, right? videos yeah. I actually I know all the I know all <laughs> I the YouTube channels out. right I, I know all, all these YouTube channels. videos I got all the equipment yeah. right but when I'm looking at these people like push it, yeah. you know push it yeah. get through it and you see these miserable faces they hate what they're doing, but they actually love what they're doing with their heads yeah. at the moment they hate it. But they because they know it's good for them. But there's usually that
0: one guy in the front who's just like killing everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that that guy's, that's and then he's, he's not even breaking a
2: sweat. because he's on easy mode. You know, he's, he's already says, like, they're already fit. You know, what dude, I mean? dude, I I got into one of these workout videos. Right? That's a good point, though. By the way, yeah. I, I got already it. fit. Yeah. yeah, he's already fit <laughs> yeah.
1: I, spiritually as well. People, some people are already fit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But you don't get there without being the it's scrub. Right. Exactly. Yeah.
2: I was once watching uh, these videos. And I would watch the video and before YouTube had the thing that stayed that you could see where you are on the video the whole time. So I would play the video and it was a workout. It took me like three weeks to get through the workout in one shot. Then I let it play. I didn't stop it. And the guy goes, "Okay, well, now that we're all warmed up, (laughs) 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 took me three weeks to get to the warm up. right? But I'm looking at these people and the effort for the sake of their physical body it's admirable. What about for our spiritual bodies? Could you imagine... Like in Syria, they actually push people. In Jami Abinur, uh, I remember people saying, you know, they make you do those Atkar in the morning. They make you get up. right? Get up. Can you imagine, <laughs> can you imagine someone go around, Push through it. <coughs> <coughs> yeah, could you, could you 20, imagine... <laughs> could, you, could you imagine someone go around the masjid, in like in Etikaf, with like a towels, Gatorade bottle. Yeah. Get up. Yeah. Two more Rakas. Move it. Right? But that's actually you know we need to push it we need to strive yeah. and struggle yeah a spiritual and <clears throat> coach a, yeah. fi- a spiritual guru it's the beauty of it right that could so. be a thing
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying, you're trying, you're trying, you're trying it could you're be like, but mo- you know what profit motives yeah no someone's someone's going to make Somebody's money gonna off gonna it monetize it's, it would be yeah. fine as long as you don't have as long as the coach is real with you right but if you have a coach that the the day you finally you do up. one shaky push up, he goes, huh, "Mr. Fitness, yeah, you're yeah. that's it. You're ready for the Olympics." Yeah, yeah. That guy's just leading you down, down. A, a sh- and a lot of yeah. a lot of the spiritual coaches, this is the kind of nonsense that they they, t- they tell people, "Oh, you're totally weak." And then they get you up to one push up and then they go, Man, you're like the strongest guy ever. Right. And they create <laughs> and they, they make and you they feel get, good. So they, they deflate your ego and then they boost it up when you haven't even achieved anything yeah. and then you get caught up in this idea of yourself, right? And
2: and they create inside of you chosen one syndrome. Mm-hmm. This is one of the sales tactics yeah. of fake shakes yeah. is uh, like snake shakes, we should call them. <laughs> Shake, right. Uh, these people what they'll do is they will destroy Shake your mentality. Salesman. Right? Shake well. No, snake oil sales. Shake oil Shake oil These guys will destroy you By talking about How much darkness you're upon And how much all this And they see that You have darkness And then what they'll do Is they'll actually Gas you up uh, As soon as they've got you down
1: Yeah They'll build you up. you up
2: Right As soon as they realize In your eye
1: that you're broken They'll
2: build you up And then you're like Oh my gosh This guy's my savior right. This right.
1: might what I'm about to, This might get cut So we'll, we have a, a natural cut Because we're about to pray In like five yeah. minutes anyway but this is exactly what uh, f- the colloquial term pimp, guys that run uh, prostitutes, this yeah. is exactly what they do. Yeah. They they tre- they tell them that they're the worst, the lowest, the, the, yeah. like they totally break down their confidence yeah. and yeah. their self-esteem, and then they make them compete yeah. for mm. who's going to get my, my love my and pleasure. attention, yeah. right? Yeah. And yeah. it's by who brings home more money, right? Yeah. And then they create this competition even among the... Pro- yeah. You're all slaves. Yeah. yeah. You shouldn't be you like, You're first being enslaved. Flight. Yeah. yeah. And none of what he's selling, trust me, that mansion in the suburbs when you all retire yeah. and he chooses you as the wife, that's never going <laughs> to <Never gonna> happen, <laughs> buddy. Yeah. Sorry. It's, like, it's, it's never going to yeah, happen. It's
3: just like, uh, it's almost like Stockholm syndrome or something.
1: Yeah, it's like that. I, it's like, like, like moin's jo- oh, j- corporate job <laughs> that he left.
2: Actually, uh, uh, You think I had Stockholm syndrome? No, I was talking to one of our friends and he said that in some of these countries where there are a thousand tariqas and khalifas, yeah. Right, in uh, on the on one block. Right, he says <laughs> these people they get their khilafa and then and whatnot, but he said the actual condition is actually not necessarily something substantive, more so than loyalty. Mm. Right. So one of the things that Sheikh Sadiq was saying was that the sign of ilm is that you never call to yourself, right? You never call to yourself or to anything other than Islam, and. That the Sheikh doesn't require loyalty from you in per se. That he's going to give you something in a reward of it. Loyalty, yeah. Loyalty is a great character trait, right? No one wants a snake. However,
1: uh, at the same time, there's got to be some substance, well, right? you, you know why that? You know why loyalty is the is the is the the coin of the realm in that case? Yeah. It's because if you're if you're if you don't have anything real, yeah, then you need people around that are going to at least outwardly demonstrate belief in you right yeah. because that's that's the number one that's the biggest the, the the best commodity you have is somebody's outward loyalty apparent loyalty yeah. because you're not you're not actually you're not actually you don't actually have that nisbah, right yeah. you're not actually connected spiritually to to a chain of authentic sheikhs all the way back to the prophet sallallahu so, so. so all you can sell is confidence That's yeah. why it's a con game yeah confidence right? and this is what this is what uh, the Trump people are all into,
2: and her, what's her name, actually said it in her book. She said that the image that people see is far more important than the reality. Mm. This is like a pure con job. That's uh, Ivanka Trump. It's in her book, yeah. right? So, but it, it, so these things there is where uh, spirituality, it, it's very easy to become the wild, wild west. <clears throat> but I think for the most case, for American Muslims who actually have lives, who have jobs, who have families, uh, most Muslim American Muslims will not fall into these uh, pitfalls of Sufism, right, and get sort of dragged into occult-like tariqahs and start worshiping their spiritual state instead of Allah. They won't. They won't even know what we're talking about, right? right. Yeah. So, for our purposes, we need to just uh, strap our belts and know that in this month, it's more pleasing to Allah to worship Him than anything else. Whereas in 11 other months, it's actually far superior to be of service to another Muslim than to do act wor- of extra worship. Uh, evidenced by the Prophet said, For me to help my brother in something that he needs is far superior to me than two months of i'tikaf in this mosque of mine, the Pro- Prophet's mosque. Mm-hmm. 60 straight days in the mosque of Sayyid al wasallam, or to take all of that and help someone move right or help someone through like an accounting process you know or your grandpa doesn't know how to do his accounts anymore yeah. he's too old or uh, something else like that right that in the in 11 other months is superior than 2 months atikaf in the Prophet's mosque but in this month of Ramadan looks like one of the Sahaba said "Allah." think uh, Sayyidina Ali bin Abi Talib he said Allah took asks one month and he gave you 11 months. So give him his due in one month. Right? Mm-hmm. And think about that. <clears throat> Allah, he's asking us
1: one month. Right? And we have 11 to for ourselves. Yeah, when we know. come back from praying Maghrib, we should talk about the, you know, trying to seek that solitude, that alone time Critical. in Ramadan. Critical. Because Ramadan has become like party month. It is, yeah. It <laughs> so, is. Inshallah.
0: inshallah. So let's take take a break. Uh, okay. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll come back. In a minute. Right. Well, our podcast right. listeners won't know, so yeah. I don't know if we should just cut. Yeah. Well, this also, will be a
1: good break. It's a good opportunity for them if they if they yeah. have a prayer to make. Yeah. Pause yeah. your uh, recording and go pray. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah or, or,
0: or 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 go go uh, send if if it's not prayer time, go to podcast yeah. at safina Society.org and yeah. send us that note for that <laughs> uh, donation. So I'm gonna put that plug in there. So we'll be back from our
1: break. So I'm gonna. By the way, the best thing I ever did was stop watching sports. Mm. Mm. Like, I don't even know anything about anybody anymore, and it's so great. Yeah, the amount of time. So of
2: that's that's what I did with Fr- the
1: news. amount of time. Akbar. You know man. that there's... You have no idea. It's so good. You know that there's an oh, app. Wait, before, are, you are you on? Are we before yeah, our, our on. listeners we're get on.
0: confused, we just came back from Maghreb, and we just started again.
3: Okay. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll remove this part. I mean, No, no. you Just, no, f- just fade it up.
1: Well, by the way, I just have to add that it's 100% attributable to Dr. Shadi. Because what? he set up Safina Society on Sunday mornings, yeah. and it's a, it's a legit decision, right? Like, and it was in the... Fo- so am I going to watch football, or am I going to go benefit, yeah. right? And I said, well, I just have to skip the games between like the, those hours, right? Yeah. 11 and 5 or whatever it was. That's like everything. <laughs> no, you know what? I didn't know.
2: Maybe this is like naive of me not to know, but I didn't know that people actually watch all day. I thought people watched their game on Sunday, right? Like, in, in England, you watch your game. Like, if you're a Manchester guy, you watch your Manchester game. I had no clue that people actually watch all the games all Sunday. During the season. got to be kidding My yeah. day
1: started at, like, 9 a.m. I'd get up, I'd make some coffee, grab something to eat, and then and I'd the go down to the yeah. TV, yeah. and I would start watching the pregame shows. <laughs> yeah. And then I'd watch Talk about all the way. Like an hour. And, I mean, I'm talking about <laughs> until, like, 12, 12.30, whenever that last game on NBC ended. That's the game, The first game. No, the 12, midnight. Oh, midnight. <laughs> yeah. Oh my At god. Twelve thirty p.m. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's like a fourteen-hour oh, day, right? When is the first game? 12? the first game is at 11 right 11 30 11 a.m could have taken it's like a years. flight to like japan and <laughs> no, <it's just> like, <laughs> <laughs> eleven <laughs> a.m. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's like a uh, kid's soccer the games, morning right? the first game is like 11 yeah. right 11 30 yeah, like yeah. Okay, yeah um and then you you know there's the afternoon game yeah. and then there's the, the late game that starts like at eight o'clock so that's three games that's three games and in between but well, you're watching other games because there's different channels yeah Okay. And in between is all the people like
3: talking about the game. Yeah, like, the, the pre-game show, the postgame show, and I used to
1: and I used to listen to tons of like sports radio. Yeah, yeah. like that's all I listened to in the car was like Mike Francesa. Yeah, I mean, it's
2: crazy. Honestly, dude, honestly, much, like, sports
1: radio. Let me tell you
2: something yeah. funny. It actually takes a very intelligent person to make any sense and make arguments that have any coherence for sports. Like most of the, yeah. when I
1: listen yeah. to people, it's just all descriptive. Yeah. they you know just like, you know oh, what emotion- a catch emotional. that was. Yeah. 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 You know what, I got to tell you, I, on the outside now, looking back at it, yeah. it's no different from comic book nerds or Star mm-hmm. Wars nerds. Oh, yeah. These yeah. guys are sports nerds, yeah. right? And I, I don't care that you're like, well, but this is athletic. Well, the superheroes fly and like, they beat people up too, yeah. whatever. Forget it's the, nerdiness. Forget about.
3: that, dude. <laughs> ESPN airs uh, pro-, pro gaming now like E-league, oh yeah that's like true E-league, E-league, like street fighter street yeah. fighter competition <laughs> on espn so I, now I, I, no I, dude panel the left. real sports people no way yeah i went to people uh, who are in real sports Lupe they're actually very Fiasco worried was on one of them. it was crazy i, went <laughs> I was to actually really worried i to the, games, the video because, games because
2: because there's no expense to the sport yeah and oh, yeah. people are watching that means if people actually watch to 20 yeah. percent of what real people real sports is viewed yeah. And they're making those commercials they have zero expense there are no stadiums well, at all well right
3: the other thing is that like this this e-league uh stuff is like crazy big let me tell you it's like this... getting crazy big crazy, so like yeah. as soon as the sponsors and like the advertisers catch on that like a, lo- a lot of people watch this stuff it's it's done i'm telling so, you that's, yeah, that's yeah real sports machine
2: for them real sports is in big trouble <clears throat> if people actually care to watch esports yeah. it's and enormous they, now. and they get it attached yeah. to the personalities because there's no stadium, yeah, right. Well, it's be enormous.
0: Because I, w- I went to uh, so recently. I went. I went. To, you, you guys know that uh, company, And One. Um, that's a about, garbage like,
2: sneaker 15
0: company. Fifteen years ago, they used to make like those like, no, uh, like street ball video mixtapes mix with like what was it? the And One? What was that dude's name? Hot one? sauce. Hot man. sauce. Hot sauce. Yeah, hot sauce. Whatever. So I went to like yeah, a breakfast or. Ball and his shirt and like. So I went to a breakfast a couple like a week or two ago with like the CEO. Uh, he came to give a talk, and like they, he was part of the Seventy Sixers Innovation Lab in uh, in Philly. So, what did they innovated loss? So they created like this, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so How to lose I like have I haven't years. watched
1: basketball in like five years, and I still know that reference. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>, that's all <laughs> right. Yeah. So, anyways, because they've been rebuilding for ten years. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so anyways, he's talking about like the 76ers Innovation Lab and how they're spe- they're like a VC firm or whatever. They help like entrepreneurs startups and whatnot with money. Yeah, so yeah. he's like they started spending like like millions and millions of dollars on esports startups uh, and so he's like he's like they're actually setting up a stadium. Yeah. For a league competition like a League of Legends yeah, or big. whatever. You mean an arena is which big. is probably a warehouse. Like yeah. an arena yeah. and 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 an Overwatch competition. Yeah. He's like they're spending yeah. Millions like are the you, 76ers are is spend, are spending like a mil, like yeah. millions of dollars. Dude, they know they investing know investing the in pull. esports. Wait,
2: are you talking about people would go pay a ticket to sit in the seat to watch and watch, watch. the screen? Yes, yeah, yeah, wow. dude, it's huge. Wow. It's, huge. it's I mean, it's already
3: huge online, right? Like, people like live stream like their gaming sessions and stuff, but you and it know, gets a lot of hits on YouTube, it, it gets great, like Twitch, you know that. Uh, there's like that the service called Twitch yeah, yeah the gaming yeah, I company know. where they, yeah. they stream that stuff it's huge people have like entire followings on yeah, the no, yeah the number so, one
2: I, I I was told that the number one YouTube like you guy. think
3: the ratings for like American sports are like crazy yo the, the online like numbers for these things are, are yeah,
2: ridiculous. they're I, actually uh, setting up they teams. get bigger numbers
1: than unboxing videos Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they're actually setting up
0: teams for esports so that's what the 76ers Innovation Lab was about he was yeah. talking about how they're actually sponsoring like this bun- a bunch of kids come nice. and there's like 10 kids and they invest like wow. millions of dollars in these ten kids to get really
3: good at like, wow. Overwatch, Yo, right? it's like what's a per- Overwatch. It's like Overwatch now. The game, right? Oh, Okay. A- and and it's like a shooting the game. Si- the 76ers yeah. are investing in this. Yeah. yeah. So, so, what now do, they, so now they, they, they have, could have be like, garbage <laughs>
2: across multiple mediums. They got tra- <laughs> <laughs> so what do they have trainers like massage the kids' thumbs before the match and stuff?
0: Yeah. So <laughs> apparently, up. right? But there's yeah. like now actual, I'm I'm thinking like, hey, like why am I even doing this? Like you know why? Because it's
1: gonna. Wait, you have to get in before. For the PED scandal where everybody's taking Adderall yeah exactly. <laughs> that's true
0: and then it's going to become like you know people mm-hmm. are taking yeah. drugs just to stay awake also it's not at that point for the,
3: for these like pro gamers it's not like fun you know what I mean it's like it's like a job. stressful yeah it's stressful. like they got to practice, <laughs> oh <my gosh>. practice. <laughs>
0: anyways we got severely derailed yeah. Off yeah. Our, so actually we're on a great topic because I would like to say that technology is something that needs I, to be uh, turned off. No, gaming
2: gaming is a serious thing with, like, I mean, every people, especially young men, are pretty much addicted, most people. Well, that's because, yeah. like, most young, young, men are young
0: are Muslim men... Yeah, that's not, their right? only like uh, that, That's uh, that's a one halal al- alternative. No
1: man, uh, most of the guys I know that that are playing like Madden leagues and stuff and waste hours every week doing that yeah. stuff are married. What's that stuff? Mm-hmm. Madden. Madden leagues. Madden. Oh, okay. Yeah. Really? They have scheduled games, dude. Like <laughs> Tuesday night, in, like, nine p.m. They're in like twenty minutes. Oh, really? No, they're it's just playing. playing, playing a, and, uh, they're and just play playing against their
0: friends. friends. That's cool. That that's fine. Wait, they I they do, don't even need to. They have
1: appointment times where you have to both be online playing each other. Whatever's going on mates. with your family,
0: <laughs> but that's not super abnormal.
1: No. Seems like it to me, man. <laughs> I feel like, I feel it's like people, online play dates dude, with adults, yeah, dude. Yeah. Do you know that if I was, but in I feel college. like
3: people schedule in time for like watching TV and stuff, like a show is coming on at a specific time. Like you kind of nobody are, does that anymore, man. They yeah, will stream whenever they want. That's yeah. true.
2: true. At their C- desks. Yeah. Cab- cable at <laughs> work. Yeah. Cable is another thing that's going to basically die soon. It's it's already it is. It is already. Yeah. The popularity already is like. Yeah. Why would you wait? Everything is just streamed. I mean, the, the, the technology thing is, it's getting uh, like so out of hand. Yeah. We we Sidetrack. What? What's the there's battle? A, dude, Two there's major dro-
1: companies now. And I'm not going to name them. Yeah. Two major companies now that are offering basically your cable service cheaper than cable does yeah. and streaming. So it's anywhere you want it. I really? got just of them. <laughs> what about the uh, h or the y? <laughs> no, what, what about uh,
2: <laughs> <laughs> He's laughing cuz he knows exactly what it is. Is it like recorded too? Like everything's there afterwards and so stuff. One like
1: of them there? is offering 50 hours of DVD of DVR yeah. and the other one is offering oh, unlimited
2: a, year- a month. You know, some of those commercials
3: are crazy too. Like there's a there's a have you seen this like there's a DirecTV ad uh-huh. with Mark Wahlberg in it. And I've he's, seen
2: it And he's like Well they he, running through Like action movies and he, stuff No yeah He's yeah, like yeah, Going through like, different yeah.
3: scenarios He's like He's like You know The rooms With TVs in them Are our favorite rooms Because they have TVs in them And it's just like <laughs> It's, just, it's just like This nonsensical commercial and He and goes We like, want everything to be yeah, TVs Exactly Our, our phones yeah. Our
1: computers yep. Our iPads So we can watch everything Everywhere Our refrigerators At all times or heart monitors, and yeah. they have them in a hotel, in a, in a hospital room with a yeah. guy dying, and he yeah. goes, "Well, maybe not the heart yeah. monitor." Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, it's the ridiculous. only
2: the only way to counterbalance this stuff is for people mm-hmm. to taste the true sweetness of dhikr and sh- also the taste the true sweetness of uh, solitary contemplation, which it takes is very hard, and and it's outwardly completely unappealing in comparison to that stuff, right? And I think that anyone who has young kids, you had better do justice to them by training them in this stuff in not like in a serious formal way, right? So that they could learn the actual meanings of uh dhikr of Allah and also uh, solitude by just getting used to it before they get exposed because they're people are going to get exposed. Or you can't you can't and probably shouldn't try to wage a war on these things, right? But at the same time, you actually have to train them. So uh, one of the best trainings is that you're in the house when the kid is young and there's no need for the kid to be on an iPod on a saturday afternoon why right there's no need to be in front of the tv all day on a sunday or a saturday right so the kid is you're, you're actually i think you're doing an injustice by depriving them of learning how to think for themselves mm-hmm. and learning just to enjoy the quiet like listen to this room right now right when we were growing <laughs> up we actually the sound of a fridge or, or this is a normal sound right Right. I guarantee you people don't even know the sound of silence anymore no because everything is connected to something and is playing at all times and I remember days Saturdays people can't even bear the thought of silence the sound of silence I remember Saturday or summer days walking through the house down the hall thinking what to do what do I do now right what is there to do and knowing that okay it's 2.30 the game is on at 7.30 because we watch TV and I I basically just watch sports basically right yeah and you know the schedule because you had a little USA Today. That's like a, right? that's yeah. like a basketball a or, TV guy or a hockey start time. Yeah, that's the yeah. start time. Yeah. And yeah. then it's 7.30, so and who, you know who, the game who is going to be... Who hockey, though? <laughs> Dr. Shab- <laughs> People from oh, South oh, Jersey. Only the intelligent, <laughs> man. Only the intelligent who are in the know. Right. So basically, you're, you're waiting for the time, and you're counting down the hours, and you're wondering what to do, okay? What is there to do? And then you got to make yourself look busy because if your mom sees you're not busy, go empty the dishwasher, right? So or, or, or what, did you, what are you doing? Oh, nothing. Oh, OK, then why don't you review your math? Yeah. Right. My dad was always like, review, do your do your math homework. I was like, I did it. He's yeah. like, study the chapter. I was like, I studied the chapter, there was always said, a response. review chapters yeah. one through yeah. five. Right. So there's always a response. Right. And uh, nowadays, when I look around at kids that never experienced that, you're, I don't know what's happening to the imagination. And then, of course, they're going to argue that games stimulate the imagination. I don't know if that's true or not but all i'm saying yeah, maybe is that but not for six hours yeah, yeah. we are limit, spiritual yeah. people from the aspect that we 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 are actually trying to connect <laughs> to ourselves and to connect to uh, the unseen allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and this actually requires some quietude right and people used to say in the past people looked up at the stars to be amazed at night today you just look at the city hmm. you look down to see all the lights of the city yeah. to be amazed and now people aren't even doing that they're just looking down uh, at their mobile device right. So um, It's very tough But It's actually far <clears throat> sweeter I'm telling you
1: Offline is the new luxury You know Sheikh This is the thing We were talking about before, Right before the podcast as well That You know there's dhikr And mm-hmm. then there's Fikr Right oh. And This is a huge Missing component In people's lives mm-hmm. And uh, For the listeners What I was talking about Is that sometimes If I'm uh, Working on something That I have to Write or uh, present or something like that For whatever reason I do it in my head as I'm driving right? Mm-hmm. And I'll review it And if I've got like a like a paragraph down I'll review it and I'll be editing And I can do that while I'm driving Because it doesn't distract me from the road And it's quiet in the car and you're alone And it's one of the only times Like that, you're creating mental lists yeah. yeah, and it's one of the only times when you're alone mm-hmm. Is when you're in the car nowadays And it's a key component to Islamic development is contemplation, right? Mm-hmm, so if I'm if I'm thinking about uh, I have to give a khutbah for little kids at a grammar school or something, right? Yeah. I can work that out while I'm driving to to work and home every day so that by the end of the week, I have it down <coughs> pat, I know it, I can recite it by heart, I'm not going to slip up, I won't need notes. And um, also, I've been thinking about Islamic things the whole time, right? Because I'm trying to remember hadith or ayat. And then I can research them if I don't remember something when I get home. But at least I'm engaging my mind in remembrance of Allah of a different kind, right? Not just dhikr, but this mm-hmm. is the reflection. And it also helps you reflect on your own life. And I think that this is the big avoidance. This is yeah. why people turn to screens. They turn to online uh, stuff. They, they go on Facebook, whatever. You have to face your own life. Yeah, It's the only way it gets better. People yeah. uh, so. people get this nervousness
2: because there's this sort of myth that needs to be debunked that the call to, spiritual, uh, to, to this type of thing is actually like creating an antisocial person right oh. i think oh, i have, they, we I are make, so I have far more friends
1: that. than anybody i know yeah. we are, <laughs> and i know right, a lot of people <laughs> right. i'm
2: telling you i guarantee you this is far from that i don't think very few people right unless you're you know very few people will go to an extreme in this we are just merely calling for a semblance of balance mm-hmm. right yeah. because let's say if you're if you're in uh, the criminal justice business let's say and all day you see murderers and uh, thieves and all the forget thieves is that even a thing anymore right <laughs> mm-hmm. murderers no theft it's a thing yeah arsonists <laughs> yeah you see seen all these things right and then uh you go home and your son like pushed someone you're like oh, what, what's that that's no big deal right because relatively speaking mm-hmm. right also the chaplains in the muslim muslim chaplains what they see of uh problems actually skews the sense of balance, I noticed, right? You mean like in universities? Yeah. What they see... So then when you say to someone, well, we have to make sure that our meat is halal or make sure that we're not mingling, to them that's a f- extreme now, right? It's an extreme because the problems they're dealing with are the opposite extreme. Well, they
1: need to... They, in that sense, I get it, right? And, and so I work in the criminal justice. So I see, them, I see the, the... Usually attempted murders. They mm-hmm. you don't... Know, people... people <laughs> Criminals are bad at most things that they do. <laughs> at least the ones that get in, that get caught, right? Yeah. They get caught because they're not good at. It. It's a lot of attempted murder, a lot of thieves, mostly drug addicts, really, and committing ancillary crimes because of their drug habits. Mm. But if you're in an environment where it minimizes things like halal meat yeah. and wearing hijab and not intermixing and being of the gender that Allah created you, or any yeah. of the things that. These college chaplains <laughs> train are... train is never late. Like, no, no, no. You know what <laughs> It goes into the station. I got wow. a long time. <laughs> it's, right. it's, it's an ongoing thing, right? Yeah. By the way, this is the one thing in which I break with all decorum and every HR rule when I'm at work is whenever somebody says something about this... Because what's happening in a lot of these transgender situations, especially mm-hmm. with children, is a crime. Mm-hmm. And people yeah. are people are blindly... They go... Oh, they, it gets lumped in with, like, gays and lesbians. We have our position on that as Muslims, right? But this thing is so criminal, yeah. right? And it's, it's even criminal to the adults that are being told, oh, yeah, yeah, that's a real thing. Yeah. You can actually mm-hmm. be something different than your chromosomes and your biology and your genitalia say you are. Yeah. And you're not helping these people. You're just coddling them, and you're telling them what they want to hear, but that's not the way you deal with people who have a break with reality so and if i you mean, want to look at it just a purely secular level it's not even tested why right. are we doing something well and endorsing i mean something this I is a, this is a true position of of people in, in the mental health care field mm-hmm. but the thing is you get shouted down yeah. by people that don't have scientific medical training mm-hmm. who are ideologues you guys should look up an article uh uh the name you can look up is it's not her first name is not rachel something with an r tuval t-u-v-a-l she's a professor um, who wrote it? And uh, she wrote. She published a, a, a journal article in a feminist journal called Hypatia, um, in which she argued that transracialism can be. The argument can be made for translation racialism yeah. the way that it's made for transgenderism, yeah. right? Yeah, why not? Yeah. Yeah. We've all been saying this, right? How and about transspeciesism? Mm. Well, that's another thing. Why not? But so well, she's I'm she's a pro a <laughs> <way>. <laughs> she's pro trans. She's a feminist, and she's a professor of philosophy, I think, at, at uh, I don't, I'm don't i not sure what the college is. Some college in, South, in, in the South, I think. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so she, she publishes this paper, and she, there's a deluge of criticism and condemnation and people calling for her job. That's and she's not even tenured yet, so maybe, right? And they even get the journal to say that they sh- issue an apology and say they yeah. should never have published it, even yeah. though it was... Blind reviewed, funny. approved, and published, right? Yeah. And then one of the professors that she knows that was her PhD, uh, one of her PhD uh, professors, yeah. comes out in support of her, finally, one person. in this, le- this open letter complaining about her that had over 100 signatures, she goes, some of those people contacted me privately and mm-hmm. said, we signed it, yeah. but we actually disagree 100% with everything that's wow. in there. And most of it's incorrect <clears> anyway, <throat> objectively. They're, they're lying about what's in the article. But they had like this tremendous pressure Coming to them from their universities And this is what happens In the medical field too So that one issue I think it's it's, it's huge right Because people do it on You get yelled at By PhDs in made up fields Yeah Fake studies Yeah yeah, And fake studies florology. And then then all of a sudden (laughs) Because you don't want to seem like a bigot You have to zip it up And then you have cases Like like those two activist lesbians In San Francisco A few years back Who adopted a kid And then when he was eight Or seven saying that he declared that he wanted That he was always a girl Well you know what the odds are First of all it's almost impossible to find a transgender person let alone a seven-year-old kid. Let alone one that happened to be adopted by two yeah. like hardcore activist yeah. lesbians. Yeah.
2: He doesn't even have his male organs barely exists, right? They started Let him, alone to become he they, he even, he even so, a man yet. Right? So could, they started, man. This, man. They rain rain started this. this They started this poor kid. <laughs> yeah. on, Can we
1: rein this? Sorry. Topic? <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna stop it. Yeah. They started this poor kid on hormone therapy. At seven. At the age of eleven. Oh my gosh. And it's 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 not hormone replacement, it's uh it's some kind of hormone therapy to stop puberty from stopping from developing joking. as a boy, they should be in jail. This the, the not
2: don't saying, even have male hormones yet. This
1: is what I said five minutes ago. They're committing crimes against people, yeah. and her, her and her in New Jersey, in New Jersey, we have Muslim politicians yeah. who take this very position. Ridiculous. Right, and we're, we're gonna, like, gonna, we're we're gonna, lying gonna, we're ridiculous. Tone, we're going to tone this back. Ridiculous. Now, now yeah. to... I'm sorry. Right, so no, anyway, what was no. the story that you were saying?
2: I forgot. See, here's the thing. He he just made the comment, but then sad.
1: Well, had yeah, I had to defend tree, why I brought it up. Mm. But anyway, what, what were you saying? Uh, I, I don't even recall what it was. Do you remember <laughs> I what I was, I was I... saying? Because
2: I was actually looking forward to hearing the rest of that story. What was he saying?
1: Where, what, what, was the, what was the topic that led me to that? The, we started off talking about... Oh, no.
2: Is it the professor? No, no it was, be- said, it was like, before... What was that? Ramadan, what were we saying? <laughs> <laughs> man, Ramadan no no we gotta know <laughs> yeah. um, the thing what is was, a listener yeah. could just rewind but we yeah. can't we're actually in real life <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember what popped off that
3: topic but Oh man. anyways I think we're running
0: oh yeah you running said along
2: that anyway. you were saying that you know people who are because we were talking about solitude, the importance of solitude, and a self-reflection, balance. Yeah. We were because because I remember the point that I was making was saying that mm-hmm. we're just talking about a semblance about no one's going to become antisocial, right. By learning the the the, yeah. the
1: oh the, the habit absolutely. the college the college uh, chaplain yeah the college yes. yeah so so, so, the, so the solution because I work in a, uh, an environment where I deal with a lot of like crazy stuff yeah I, I meet and I and I have to interact with these people like they're perfectly normal right yeah. even though they they may have just tried to kill somebody or they may have like been running credit card scams or whatever i have to deal with them like people and treat them you know kindly and all that kind of stuff all right i in my experience the way to overcome that becoming jaded by that kind of stuff is just to step outside of it right and reconnect with normal muslims Mm -hmm. if you're a chaplain on a college campus and all the muslims you're dealing all the kids you're dealing with are going through crazy stuff which is how the change thing came up well you know they're dating they're Marrying people from other religions, they're questioning whether they believe in God or not. Whatever it is, yeah, alcohol and go get yourself into a regular, normal Muslim community with everyday rank and file Muslims that, for whom eating halal meat and praying and and mixed ages is normal. Yeah, and mixed ages, families. Not so you know if you're if you're a chaplain in you know University Chicago. Get out of the fitna environment and go to like you know the local Dewan Street or whatever it is, (laughs) and hang out with some local like Pakistani families. One of the one of engage with real Islam.
2: Wisdoms of mixing the ages. They say that society that stays most stable is that which mixes the most ages, right? Because when you're young, it's very easy to only (laughs) hone in on your lens of what's going on. When you actually see on a daily basis older people, they could sort of give us a reality check to say like, wait, this is a bit off right, mm-hmm. so there's more of a gradation but when we cut ourselves off from the elders yeah, I'm not saying you gotta be with them 24 hours a day just you're exposed to them that's I mean, it's it it's good for the elders too it's good for them too
1: Yeah. by the way I remember the professor's name is Rebecca Tuval and it's an article in, in New York Magazine and the title is this is what a modern day witch hunt looks like. Wow. And I didn't look that up. This is the one of the benefits of using your brain while you're driving instead of just listening yeah. to the radio. Yeah. You get to develop good memory. Yeah. So
0: we're uh, hitting a time. I know Saad has to run after to run too. So uh, let's wrap up. Uh, this was uh, the Ramadan Wait. special.
1: Yeah. So Any last advice, Shankna, for Ramadan? For Ramadan,
2: make this about the creator. And that may require some active... Uh, removal from the creation but again so for some people it's excellent to have sohbah to go to the masjid and see the Muslims every single night <clears throat> right that's excellent especially if
1: you, if you don't really get it yeah, right. if
2: you don't see that regularly that is excellent for you but uh, we should know that it will require from us that extra effort to be thinking and, don't, and we shouldn't even think too much about the act of worship that we have to do and put effort but we should be thinking about the one whom we're worshipping mm-hmm. and knowing that he's there Listening to us, uh, wanting us to make du'a to Him, Prophet said, "Allah so Azza wa is angered when a Muslim uh, does not make du'a for Him, uh, du'a to Him." Uh, so, making du'a to Allah, knowing that du'a will be- always removes harm at the bare minimum, uh, always realizing Allah's gaze upon us with His mercy is far greater in this month right, than any other month, particularly its nights and particularly its last ten nights. So. By being mindful that Allah is uh, watching us with His merciful gaze in this month, that He got us here, uh, you know, we will, by being mindful of that, naturally our behavior will alter and it will increase that awareness, right? Exponentially starts increasing that awareness. So, you know, that's last. Uh, Okay, inshallah we'll see.
0: We'll see everyone well. Here you'll hear. you'll be hearing from us again back in uh, September. So September 2017 we'll be back for season 2. Until then inshallah, better than
1: ever. Right. <laughs>